podcasting from the CRW studio, this is the Two Drink Minimum with your hosts, Henny and Patron. Cheers, college football fanatics, and welcome back to Vermont Beer Week with the Two Drink Minimum. I am Dan Patron, and with me as always is Kevin Hennigan. Tonight, Hot Routes, a rambunctious rollick through the other games in Week 13. They're not the big games, but dang it, it's November of the college football season, so they matter, and you know you're watching. Our analysis, predictions, and more next on the Two Drink Minimum. Kevin, Patron, we're back. Hot route, another week of it. Another week of hot routes. Uh, we got rid of the timer. We added the bell. I can call out you. You can call out me. That's how it works. For people who haven't been here before, hot routes, we're going to go through uh, the other 9-10 games of this week that matter, that are going to affect the college football season, that are going to affect uh, it just watching football and having fun well it's getting beyond just the playoff so, conversation too you can't like there's a we're lot not of, getting into bowl game relevance conference championship, championship game relevance there's right. a lot of different uh relevance you just had like the kirk herb street hands going too you had the the, the togetherness kirk herb street hands um i hope that doesn't make me lee corso because i'm losing it uh so we have hot routes I get to ding the bell if Kevin talks for too long. He gets to ding the bell if I talk for too long. First game, SMU at Navy. Vegas likes Navy. They have them favored by four. I wasn't expecting Navy's Go. favored by four. Well, that just threw me off for a second here. Navy's favorite. Well, let me let me let you gather yourself. Well, you should have hit the as bell. A, like, as, What's the point of having a bell? Let me let you gather yourself as I talk about the uh, beer for this evening for this podcast. Hot Routes is coming at you with the help of the alchemist out of Vermont. We've got a focal banger in the house, and uh, we will be enjoying this while we enjoy talking to you about the other college football games that matter this weekend. Kevin. Self-bell. Well SMU done. at Navy. SMU. Navy favored by four now that you get gathered yourself yeah that was an interesting line for me because i i guess i'm off on this game but smu has given up a lot of points and a lot of yards lately but that's been in the air in navy and malcolm perry that's not how they're built they can't attack a defense in the air for smu it's been 420 yards a game that they've given up the last three uh weeks in the air the receivers for smu are solid even if they're down one of their guys you love proshi you've been talking him up all year you've been on him what Ian Book and Chase Claypool did, I think Shane Bouchelle and the SMU wide receivers are able to do. Xavier Jones, great talent. SMU beats Navy 38-31. Interesting. I, I've got about the same score. I've got pass happy versus run happy. Navy has to be sore from that spanking that they got last week. Uh, <laughs> the, the upset alert that was that was played. 
You uh, had to shut that down by the end of the first quarter. They just got hammered, and I've got to say, you know I've been loving that SMU offense. You have Shane Bouchelle, you have Xavier Jones, you have James Proshi. That's uh, a really, really great trio for college football, especially when you're talking about uh, the AAC. I don't know that there's a better trio in the AAC. Uh, This is a team that plays zero defense, but I think that they take that Notre Dame game plan. They score and score early. They make Navy come off their methodical run game. Like you said, SMU wins 35-27. Yeah, we're pretty close. Nice job. There you go. Second game I'll have you lead off with us here. We've got Temple at Cincinnati, so staying in that conference. There's some big battles here. Well, that, because that conference is going to be decided in the last few weeks here. Well, it's, it's being it's, decided. It's really fun because that conference has three, four, five teams that are all still alive for that conference championship game. So uh, Cincinnati is one of them. They're favorite. So is Temple. They're, Temple's one of them. The winner of this game is going to go to their conference. Temple would have to beat UConn, but everybody beats UConn. So the winner of this game is going to their conference championship game. Disrespect for UConn. So yeah, I just, uh, I'm basing it on watching this It's, it's facts. Everybody. It's okay. You can say you disrespect UConn. I don't deserve, disrespect anybody. Deserve. I just think Temple will beat UConn. So uh, Cincinnati's favored by 10.5. I love Randy and, Etzel. And look, since I, I know you do. You guys are boys. Uh, you, good guy, Dan. Yeah. You, you text each other. Um, Cincinnati's favored by 10.5. That's you know you talked about the Navy line being surprising. That's surprising to me because Cincinnati plays tight games. Um, they've played tight games the last couple of weeks. They need this game not only for uh, the conference championship, but for they they have their eyes and they're in the hunt for that New Year's Six bowl game. Yep. But uh, geez, they, I mean they make it interesting every single week. They struggled to put away ECU. And uh, Southern Florida, the last few weeks, these te- those teams have seven wins between the two of them. So, you know, it's it's tough to say that Cincinnati is going to blow out Temple. It's really this is a defensive game. Both statistical categories favor Cincinnati, but it, it's ten and a half points is way over. Are you digging me? Are you digging me? I was. I thought you were maybe taking Temple. I was Desmond to- Ritter throws for one, runs for one. I like Cincy to win. 28-17. And we don't look at each other's picks before this, just if anybody's listening and you're wondering if we do. Because I, 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 we're pretty close right here on this second one. Desmond Ritter has been struggling. And there's people in Cincinnati that want to know why Played is well he, against UConn. Why is he still... You, you're trying to get me. I, that's low-hanging fruit. I see what you're trying to do. I'm not going to walk into that. But people in Cincinnati have been wanting to know why are they being so loyal to this guy. Nine wins this year. 20 wins the last two years with this guy as your quarterback. Don't bail on him. He makes big plays when he needs to. Temple is not going to be able to do enough. I see Cincinnati winning 24-17. If you tune into this game, watch J. Don Blue for Temple, though. They move him all over the field. He's a fun guy to watch out there for Temple's offense. But Desmond Ritter has the best game in the last month. For him, he he needs it. He's been struggling. I don't like hearing people. The guy's done a great job at Cincinnati. They just win with him. You want to see him benched? That's crazy. Ride this guy. He'll lead you to that championship game. Cincinnati 24, Temple 17. When your scoring offense is ranked 39 and your scoring defense is ranked 20, you're okay. 
you're okay. I mean, Temple's 95 in points per game. And Michael Warren running the ball. Michael Warren. Uh, Game three, Boise State at Utah State. This is a game uh, from the school of redundancy, redundancy. Did you know that this conference is called the Mountain West Mountain Division, and then it's called the Mountain West West Division? That's what their two divisions are called. Okay. Okay, so. School. It's not as bad as when the Big Ten hit where they had, like, Legends and – remember that? <laughs> that, that was, was terrible. bad. That was terrible. But still, like, the Mountain West Mountain and the Mountain West West. It makes sense. I divisions. understand what they did there. I, I got you. But this is a game that's, that is a, a big game. In that what are the Mount- ACC's conferences' names, their divisions? Coastal and Atlantic. That's fine. At least it's that – that's fine. So you want acronyms. So if it was the MW conference, you'd be okay. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> you got me there. Fine. <laughs> Shut up, Kevin. Um, <laughs> so you got the Mountain West Mountain Division Championship <laughs> being decided between Boise State, Utah State, and Air Force. So this is a game that is going to be a huge factor in that. Boise State is favored on the road by 7.5 points. Mm. On the road by 7.5 points. Now, before you jump in, Kevin, just want to make sure you know this. I read today that Jordan Love might not play. Yeah. Okay. He had to leave that last game with an injury. This is going to be the battle of backup quarterbacks here because you're on your third-string quarterback with Boise State, but Jalen Henderson, I believe he's a senior, so you at least have a veteran as your third-string quarterback. He's been around the program, understand what's going on here. He played well. Without Bachmeyer Accord, you're not sure what you're going to get, but Boise State is a banged-up team. Curtis Weaver might not play. DeAndre Pierce might not play. So if you're Utah State, you're catching Boise State at the right time. It's not going to be enough here. Boise State wins this game. They win their division. They get to host the conference championship game. So now you're bringing people to that blue turf. They still have a chance of that New Year's Day Bowl, but they need some things to happen with Memphis and Cincinnati in front Another of them. Another New Year's Six, sure. Another but New Year's Six. George Halani is going to be the guy here. He's going to carry it 15, 16 times, go over 100, help out the third-string quarterback, battle of the backups. If Jordan Love was healthy, I would have been tempted to take Utah State at home with how banged up Boise State is. I've got Boise State winning this 23-18. Okay. 18. That's an odd number. Uh, look, I, uh, I mean, that's I'm, an it's an even number. I'm with you. A strange number. <laughs> uh, sorry, they're going to try to go for two and not get it. So, uh, you know, <laughs> Jordan Love is a is a Utah State legend. Uh, probably, you know, a, as much as my boy uh, out of Michigan, Gary Mays, is a Utah State legend. Um, Jordan Love is not playing in this game, or if he doesn't play in this game, geez, I would have loved to see this game be played with Jordan Love. His final home game, senior year, uh, go at it. This Boise State D is good. But, um, you know, one thing Boise State does, and apparently does better than everybody else in the Mountain West, West, West Division, Mountain Division, um, is recruit (laughs) quarterbacks. I mean, how do you how do you have a freshman quarterback, Hank uh, Bachmeyer, start? Then you roll into sophomore Chase Cord, who took over and played pretty well. That's their one loss to BYU, but they lost the game that he came in mid-game. They won the next game that he started. He got hurt. You bring in senior JUCO transfer Jalen Henderson, and all he does is win Mountain West Conference Offensive Player of the Week last week. 
granted it's against New Mexico State, but um, you know Boise State quarterbacks produce, and whoever plays here, I, I see them producing enough to beat a Utah State w- uh, team without Jordan Love. So Boise State D. Boise State QB machine too much. Boise State wins 27-20. Okay. I don't know. What was the line on that game? Uh, Seven and a half. So So I guess I don't have them covering. I've got Boise State winning by five there. All right, next up. Jordan Love plays, though. That's a whole other ball game. I think that that game is closer, even closer than that. Hey, the Boise State injuries are piling up. At some point, that has to catch up with you when you have – your top defensive player, Curtis Weavers, maybe your defensive player of the year in that conference. Without him, that's a significant loss. Uh, moving on to game four, we have a rivalry game with UCLA at USC. UCLA, USC. So, first of all, Kevin, uh, let's give a quick plug here. For a new segment, we received so much positive feedback on the rivalry story behind Minnesota-Iowa that look for uh, a new series from the Two Drink Minimum, Henny and Patron, to be released this week called Rivalry Stories. We will cover this game, which is the Battle of the Victory Bell. There it is. We have it in studio. Which will be featured this week. Uh, Hilarious story. Uh, We'll get that posted. We'll get that podcast up this week as well next uh to talk about this game 14 points is what vegas thinks usc is going to win by that is a huge spread for a rivalry game rivalry games are always always tough to predict because there is so much uh just emotions that go into these games but Kedon slovis has had just a spectacular opening stanza to his career. I read an article about him the other day where they talked about people questioning why he was going there, why he was going to USC because he didn't belong there. They already had their guy. They already had their next guy. Uh, They already had the guy that transferred who was said to be better than Keaton Slovis. So they had all these guys over there. Everybody questioned him. All he has done while completing almost 71% of his passes, averaging 273 yards per game and 8.7 yards per attempt, is put up numbers that exceeded what Sam Darnold did in his debut season. So when you look at something like that, you have to be excited about what that kid can do. I have USC winning 48-35, and I have Clay Helton, Still getting fired this year. However, the next guy that takes over needs to send Clay Helton a thank you card because what you're looking at for this team going forward is last Saturday I saw a game where a freshman center snapped to a freshman quarterback who handed off to a freshman running back while a freshman receiver had his first 100-yard game and a freshman defensive end recording hit, recorded his team-leading fifth sack. That's a lot of freshmen. That's a lot of youth over there at USC. Somebody not named Clay Helton is going to be happy next year. We'll call him Urban M. We don't want to give it That's too obvious. Did, did I? <laughs> U. Meyer. Okay, so we don't want to give it away, but we're just going to say U. Meyer 
Right, to keep our so we and don't when they say the how did he be. do it, when they say how did he do it, you heard it on the two drink minimum first. It's because that team is stacked and ready to go. They have this is, it's got to be a great feeling when you bring in a kid like Slovis and he is this is he's doing so much better than you could have thought going into this season. UCLA was feeling pretty good coming off of their bye week, three wins in a row, and they get hammered in their last game. The coaches both need wins in this game. I don't think Helton can hold on to his job if USC gets an idea that they can bring the right guy in. I don't think you fire him if you don't know who your next coach is. I think if they fire Clay Helton, they know who their next coach is. It's either Urban Meyer or, I mean, the fallback plan. Your fallback plan is Luke Fickle. You bring in the Cincinnati AD. Why not Graham Harrell? And you can just That was my preseason prediction. Graham Harrell is going to be your next head coach. You, no, you said Graham Harrell is going to be the head coach halfway through the season, perform well enough to stay. get the job. Okay. So they, okay. They, they saw what was going on this year. They didn't want to have anything go wrong for him. But I'm glad you brought up – you were talking about freshman receiver, Drake London, monster receiver. That's the guy Slovis is looking for. When he's been under pressure in that game, they, those two were connecting. And they got a nice uh, freshman D on there in Jackson who's making plays. I think it was the other guy you were talking about there. Yes, sir. UCLA can't stop the pass. USC doesn't even try to run the ball. Their O-line has not been solid enough. Like, Slovis has to move around a lot back there. They can't get a running game. So the O-line is a, a weakness for USC. However, UCLA doesn't get sacks. They can't stop the pass. USC just throw the ball basically every single time. To Michael Pittman. You're going to be fine. They've got so many options. When you have this, when you have the London kid who's huge, he's 6'5", and you have all these other weapons, and now, you know, with St. Brown and Pittman, this, now you've got this guy who's going to be a weapon, and they're, him and Slovis are connecting. Dangerous offense they're starting to put together. If only they had the offensive line in the running game, this, this team is going to be ready to rock and roll. But I've got USC winning 42-24. USC is stacked. I mean, if I'm anybody, I don't want to see him right now. I and you could see him right now. If USC, so I picked USC to upset Notre Dame when they played earlier on. They played them tight. I think they lost by three. If USC played Notre Dame next week on a neutral field, I'd have a tough time, you know, saying to you, "Oh yeah, Notre Dame's going to win that game." If there's, if it's not a pick game, if USC is getting any sort of points whatsoever, with with, with that kind of thing. You'd have to say USC would, would cover whatever spread you're talking about. So this USC team is dangerous, and they're too dangerous for any of those other teams like Utah and Oregon is, is glad they already played this team. Mm. It's glad they already played this team. And it only helps Utah for USC to keep winning and to be impressive doing it because Utah can point at that and say, we lost to them, but they're good. And, oh, by the way, Zach Moss was hurt. <laughs> Love Zach Moss. Uh, you gave us your score for that game, too, right? So we both got 48, USC 35. winning. I had 48-35. All right, good. Uh, next, we've got Utah at Arizona. So we're staying in the Pac-12 for the next couple of games here. Utah and Oregon appear to be on a collision course, but they need to get through the Arizonas this week. So you start with Utah at Arizona. Arizona's on a five-game losing streak. I see it moving to six. The O-line is a mess for Arizona. Your left tackle is a true freshman. You have a junior college transfer who's only been in two games um, with playing center. Your right guard is a walk-on. And now Oregon is – Oregon, what, six sacks they had against them. Utah defense is better than Oregon's, in my opinion. 
It's going to be a long day for that Arizona offensive line. Utah defense is outstanding. I'm interested to see how the quarterback stuff, we, we touched on it last week, that that's what I'm interested to see. How does that play out? How is someone handling those two guys? Because I think Utah hammers them. Utah smokes them 34-13. Tyler Huntley, Zach Moss, guys we love to talk about on this podcast. But what do you? How do you see that quarterback situation playing out? So, I mean, it's a mess in Arizona. The wheels have come off in Arizona. Khalil Tate, um, you know, I, you just hate to see it happen to that kid because it, it, it's. We talked about it last week. We need not go back into it this week. But I, I've never seen a quarterback just have such a great introduction to college football and each year go down and down to the point where this year he's losing his job to a true freshman or he's splitting time with a true freshman. Those wheels have come off. They've lost their last five games by a total of 107 points. Yikes. They're playing Clemson every game? Um, they played Oregon in there, but the rest of the teams are not a Utah-caliber team. I think it's show-me time for Utah at this point. You saw what they did last week when it was show-me time. That D is real. Huntley and Moss are as dynamic of a quarterback, wide receiver, or quarterback, running back combination as you're going to find. Uh, give me Utah, and I like him even more than you. I like him 41 to 10. Ooh. All right. Someone. Mm. All right. Next, we're staying right there. Oregon. Someone gets fired, too. He's, you think he's, so? Oh, yeah, he's out. He's done. He's out. Hey, Arizona, what are you going to get, though? What are you like? You're going to do better than him? Clay Helton. <laughs> oh, see, that's the thing. If you're Arizona, don't fire Sumlin. That's not the answer. Oregon at Arizona State. Prime time. is the answer. We've got prime time Oregon at Arizona State. Why? You want just Oregon? Just no, what do you mean why? If you're Oregon, you finally have a prime time game. You're not stuck at some terrible time slot. It's about eyes. It's about building that brand right now if you're Oregon. So you have to love this. Watch us play Arizona State. Herman Edwards, this is perfect for the Ducks. Somebody from Fox just paid big money to uh, to Vegas to have this spread only be 14.5 points because that is not a big enough spread for me. Uh, these teams are just trending in different directions. Oregon is stacked on both sides of the ball. Um they're on the road, and Jalen Daniels is a great talent at quarterback. Like If you've never seen Jalen Daniels play quarterback, tune in, watch him play. If you've never seen Eno Benjamin play running back, tune in, watch him play. I love Herm Edwards. He's, he's just a great coach. Uh, he, by all accounts, he seems like a great dude. But this Oregon team is just way too good. Um, they are on their way up. They're playing their best football of the season at the right time. Justin Herbert has been unbelievable lately. I think Oregon gets it done, gets it done in a big way. Oregon wins 49-20. to 20. This is a Johnson & Johnson stock going way up. Nice to see one actually improving here because the receivers – Juwan and Johnny Johnson for Oregon. I see what with you did Herbert. there. See what I did there? I see what you did yeah, there. Check the J&J stock. You need this one that's going up. Did you, you actually the check other. the J&J stock? Yes, of course okay. I All did. Right. It's Tuesday. Fact checking. It's been it's been going down a little bit, So, but this is one in Oregon that you are going to like. You mentioned Benjamin and Daniels. They're going to keep this game close early on. Those are a couple talented, nice college players. But it's funny with Arizona State. Remember when the wins over Michigan State and Cal seemed like something? 
Like you go back, facts. You go back eight weeks, and you're facts. like, dude, but Arizona, they went to Michigan State, and then Kale's got Kale's got like some uh, NFL d- secondary guys. So that's well, Arizona State is ranked now. You're like they beat Michigan Ryan State. Ryan Lewerke's a third round draft yeah, pick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Michigan. Here's my thing about Michigan State. I'm glad you brought. Have you ever seen Multiplicity? You remember that movie? Yes. With Michael Keaton. That's what I feel like is happening with the Michigan State quarterbacks. Like, they just keep having the same quarterback, but each version of him gets worse and worse and worse. And, and now you're on the working. That, that might be true. A uh, side note on, on the side State, note. Their last win. Do you know when their last win was? This year? <laughs> their last win is versus Indiana on September 28th. That's the last time they won. Ugh. Oh, the last time. It Ugh. Was- the last time Oregon lost was in August. So we want to go back to dates. I can tie it in right there. Let's look at this sure. Oregon team. Hasn't lost since August. That's impressive. Kayvon Thibodeau is heating up. We've been waiting. Three sacks in the last two games. I want to see this kid make some plays. Oregon has some injury. Verdell can't stay on the field. Pittman is done for the season. But Arizona State has no answer for the Ducks in the air. Oregon wins 38-20. I've got four Herbert passing touchdowns and Verone McKinley with a pick six in this game. That's a lock guaranteed to happen. Thibodeau, Thibodeau, that dude just looks like an NFL player. Uh, Next game, Michigan at Indiana. We talked about uh, Michigan State's last win. Hold on a second here. You know what type of game this is here? I'm we've not got, sure, We've Kevin. got Admiral Akbar here. I'm not sure, Kevin. DJing in studio today. He's retired. Let me get right a little now. more of that. What, what's going on with that? You Kevin, want to talk do, about do, trap games. Kevin, do you think this is a trap game? I'm not alone here, right? You've got Admiral Akbar in studio with us this week here. It is a trap game. Michigan still have it playing like faintly in the background. Michigan, nice. Michigan has. Nice. There we go. Michigan How has this uh, remix. Uh, it's, it's a minute great. forty-seven seconds. I can just hit restart. But Michigan at Indiana. This is a trap. This is a trap game. It has to be for Michigan. The Ohio State game is looming for them. Indiana is not a bad team. Indiana is going to put up a fight. Love Stevie Scott the third. Keep feeding that kid the ball. Indiana, they've just put together their all own name team with the wide receiver core there, and I love it. I think Michigan's going to win this game, but it's not going to be a game where Michigan can just show up and win like a Michigan State. Indiana is better than that, even though the last win for Michigan State was Indiana. But be careful, Michigan. Don't be focused on Ohio State. You need to take care of business this week. Indiana's going to put up a fight. They play you to overtime. You know, I think two of the last three games or something like that for Indiana has gone to overtime with Michigan. Look out this week. I do think Michigan wins. Their running backs weren't needed against Michigan State, but those two guys are horses. They're going to be the difference here. Indiana will challenge them, but Michigan wins this game 30-20. Patron, thoughts? So I got an interesting question about Indiana. Indiana plays 
and I mean no disrespect by this by this question. It just it just came to my mind as I was as I was watching them play last week. Indiana plays Minnesota next week. Who do you take? Minnesota. Do you, how how much better? Well, can we say I'm not going to actually? I'm not going to reveal it. Tune in next week. How much better? Than Where's the game actually? Neutral. Let's say neutral field because they don't play this year. Oh, you're saying? Oh, this is a they hypothetical. Don't they don't play. I don't know. You never have to answer for it. This is hypothetical, so I can't be wrong. Beautiful. Oh, you can be wrong. You can be. You can pick the other way that I do. Sure. What I watched Minnesota do to Penn State was very impressive. I would pick Minnesota. Is there a huge gap between those teams? I, both receiving cores are awesome. The quarterback play, I think, is a little better for Minnesota, but I would take Minnesota over Indiana, maybe a touchdown or so. And, and, and that, I think I'm, I'm right there with you. That's my, that's my point right there. Indiana, when I watched them play Penn State last week, they were a lot better than I thought they were. Um, you know, I was surprised that they were ranked going into the Penn State game. Um, and then I, you know, did some did some deep dive into the stats and I said, oh, you know, who they really play? Who have they played? But that's a pretty good team. Um, Vegas loves Michigan in this game. They've got them favored by eight and a half points. I don't I just don't see that. I don't trust that Michigan offense. Uh, they don't ask Shea Patterson to do a whole lot. I do think that this is a trap game. The running game for Michigan and the defense for Michigan is the difference here. But like I, I know that you hate when I when I get out my numbers and I get out my rankings. But when you look at these two teams, you want to ding it? You no, wanna, I'll let it go. You, You've you done some hard work here. When you look at these two teams, you have Indiana, the 31st ranked offense. You have Michigan, the 69th ranked offense. You have Indiana, the 18th ranked defense. You have Michigan, the fifth ranked defense. So obviously Michigan has a very good defense. But, I mean, if you look at like a composite score of those two, Indiana's number is better. Um, so this is not as much of a difference uh, in this game as, as Vegas thinks. I don't see it. Uh, they have Indiana favor or they have Michigan favored at Indiana by eight and a half. I've got this game close. It's a one possession game. Michigan wins 21-17. But this is a this is a close game. This 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 goes back and forth. If Shea Patterson, if we see the Shea Patterson from last week, this week, that's the guy we get. It's not going to be a close game. He passed for more yards against Michigan State than anybody else he broke tom brady's record so shea patterson is the next tom brady patron is what i'm saying and that's a lock <laughs> based on last week all right please Guaranteed. say please say you're being facetious right now before everybody says these guys have no idea but he broke a tom brady record <laughs> I, I, I indiana is a good team we love the receivers wap fillier ty fry love those two guys huge fans of their names and how they play on the field michigan wins this game by 10 it's going to be uh interesting interesting afternoon for michigan because indiana can challenge them minnesota at northwestern i don't have much to say about this this is a quick one for me patron you want to lead off though no you go ahead give me your quick one uh, Minnesota's favored by 13 and a half points. Not enough. 
I don't think Northwestern <laughs> is going to score a point. They've used five quarterbacks this year. Pat Fitzgerald said about the quarterbacks for this season. He said this after their last game. Well, Pat Fitzgerald used, is a phenomenal coach, for the record. They've used five quarterbacks. He said they, talking about his quarterback room, all the quarterbacks on his team, they were not prepared for what it takes to be the starting quarterback, and it shows. I don't want their quarterback coach is their offensive coordinator. I don't like that quote if I'm that dude when he says, you were not prepared, and it shows. Yikes. Yikes. Pat Fitzgerald just looked at the quarterbacks coach, the quarterbacks, and he went. Yeah, next. I, next. Out. I, Minnesota might shut out Northwestern. Northwestern, you played UMass and couldn't even run the ball effectively. <laughs> I don't, you know, it, it couldn't pass the ball. You put up some points against UMass. That's not going to right the ship. Minnesota wins this game. I don't have a score written down because it's just going to be Minnesota score, Northwestern zero. <laughs> Rashad Bateman, Tyler Johnson are going to become the sixth and seventh 1,000 yard receivers for Minnesota. But again, Minnesota. General point total that's high, Northwestern zero. So, I, I mean, I, the narrative that's going to be written about last week is that Minnesota's college football playoff dreams are dashed. But I'm not buying it. Not completely. Not completely. Iowa's a good team, and that's far from a bad loss, especially on the road. Hypothetically, you win out, and you'd be a tough team to keep out. Now, I don't know if they win out. I, You know, I – there's a very good chance they lose at Madison next week. I haven't done my deep dive into that until we get into next week, so I'll know more about that. But my, my gut feeling says, you know, that's a that's a pretty good chance that they lose in Madison next week. Madison's a tough, tough place to play. Um, but that doesn't stop them from blasting a terrible Northwestern team this week, even if Tanner Morgan doesn't play. Rumor is he's hurt. He may not play. I don't think it matters. Without Morgan, they win 28-10. With Morgan, they win 38-10. So they, they hammer Northwestern either way. Northwestern does not get 10 points. Not a chance. <laughs> Zero points for Northwestern. They've got to regroup. Good luck next year. One game to go, Patron. And that's TCU at Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Amazing come from behind victory, high emotion in that second half. The post game Oklahoma players, coaches all fired up. Now you get a TCU team led by Mad Max Duggan. Mad Max. Thoughts on TCU Oklahoma? I texted you in the middle of that game. Do you believe what's going on here? Do you believe what's what, what you see here? Um, which, first of all, I'm at the mountain lodge in killington and that guy hands me a remote that says i'm at, I'm at the the mountain lodge bar at killington that guy hands me the remote and says this controls all three televisions this one tv i don't really know what's going on in college football why don't you just control it wow i did we just become best friends you did <laughs> yes amazing that that guy so we sat down and and we and he knew about college football by the end of that evening um that's look what oklahoma did to baylor cannot be understated that just ripped out baylor's heart 
and ended their season. I mean, you you're saying that Baylor's done. You're probably right. I know that there's some. I'm not probably right, Sean. I'm right. I know that there's some wacky avenues that you could talk about them taking to get to the college football playoff, but what what I saw, what's being underplayed in watching that game is that was two not very good teams and and my my apologies to the Oklahoma faithful who came out of that game psyched that they beat uh undefeated Baylor team but that was two teams trying to give the game to the other team and then it ended and one of them won um, I've always questioned Oklahoma's defense. I still question Oklahoma's defense. They get it done versus TCU. I, you know, I, I don't even know what the spread is. It, it's, they, they get it done. They win 42 to 35, 40, 42 to 28. I, you know, I don't know, a classic uh, Oklahoma game where we score more points than you, and I get it. They get it done. Great. It does nothing for me does not move the needle for me. When I saw the Oklahoma-Baylor game, I was pretty unimpressed with both teams. You were so excited about Texas-Baylor. You go back to the last episode. You wanted to talk about Texas-Baylor. Now the hiring team doesn't get any love from you. We're all down on Oklahoma, the team that just – you're so excited about Texas-Baylor football. I was excited about that game. That game's going to be good. You watch Max Duggan. He's going to challenge Oklahoma. Their defense is not great. That kid can make plays. He, he tightened up the interceptions. Right? He stopped throwing those. He can beat you running. He can beat you passing. The good sign for Oklahoma is they're now allowing Kennedy Brooks to be the man in that backfield. Since their uh, Kansas State loss, which was the low point in the history of the running game, for Oklahoma they had seven carries for six yards by guys not named Jalen Hurts in that game since that point Kennedy Brooks has averaged 17 carries a game he's gone over 100 yards a game that's way up from what they were doing allowing him to become a part of that offense has made Oklahoma a different team TCU is not going to get the interceptions they got against Texas Hurts tightened it up in the second half I think he'll continue to do that Oklahoma has won their last two games by except combined. when he fumbled on the one yard line. Right, but Oklahoma those interceptions though he's got to just clean those up. But Oklahoma's won the last two games by a combined four points. Not going to be that tight. I've got Oklahoma winning 45-24 with Max Duggan having every touchdown for TCU. Three touchdowns for Duggan. A couple running, one passing. I'm looking forward to see the over-under on the Chubba Hubbard rushing yards against Oklahoma. That's going to be good in week week 14. Um, I like the tease there. So tune in next week to get the the analysis of that game. That's all for this evening. You don't have anything else, Mr. Hennigan? I don't. That's all for this evening. Check us out. Twitter. Keep in mind, this is trap weekend for all those teams trying to make the college football playoffs. It's a trap. That's all for tonight. Uh, Henny and Patron on Twitter. You can listen and subscribe on iTunes. Follow on Spotify, Anchor, Stitch, and essentially anywhere podcasts are found. A special thanks to our brewery tonight, The Alchemist, out of Waterbury, Vermont, for our delicious Focal Banger IPA. That's it for Vermont Week. I am Dan Patron. He is Kevin Hennigan, and this is the 2-1.
two drink minimum. Cheers. Cheers.